episode 4 of Double Hoppy, a bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of beer in the brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like to feast your beer. Thank you for everyone for joining us for our fourth episode. In case you missed our last episode, we shared some tips on how to start home brewing. Woohoo! <laughs> we did. Uh, this week we're going to discuss dogs and growlers, but first let's get a pulse of our home brew scene. James, what's up with our homebrew situation so i just got my ingredients so they should be getting here shortly and i finalized my recipe for my end game porter so it's going to be a coconut porter with a nice balance of toasty malt and a slight sweetness with a target of about six percent alcohol per volume 35 ibus in our bitterness units and it's going to be about a six-week start to finish, and I'm going to bottle it this time, so it's going to have about two-week carbonation priming. Sounds like it'll be ready just in time for summer, especially with that coconut in there. It'll be like we're on the beach and we're in our backyard. And it's going to be a good summer beer, and especially how I haven't done a porter before, I wanted something that's going to be very drinkable for that time, and also... I feel like the toasted coconut's going to bring out a really good flavor in a porter, especially as an introduction porter for something we haven't done before. And something that we'll document on our Instagram because I'm going to be helping you this time. So first time brewing experience for me, I guess in our home, we did a, we went to one of those places where you can like pay to brew one time. Um, and I, so I brewed there technically, but that was not, I don't think sustainable what we're going to be doing. So Make sure next weekend to check out our Instagram because we'll be posting pictures of my first uh, homebrew experience. experience. So I'll no longer be a, I don't know what the term would be for <laughs> someone who's never homebrewed before, but keep an eye out for that. Thanks, James. So today we're going to be talking about dogs in breweries and why dogs are so popular for breweries. So we're also going to talk about uh, doggy brews, beers, gastropubs, um, some be- companies that make beers for dogs, um, and then just have a little discussion about if you should bring your dog to a dog-friendly brewery. So James, do you want to get us started on dogs and breweries? So yeah, why the heck are dogs so popular for breweries? Because they're adorable. Well, they're man's best friend, and there we go. That's, that's a pretty good reason right there, and they're awesome. But like, why not like cats, you know, hamsters, if you got an iguana, we mentioned iguanas before, <laughs> some of you listeners have iguanas, pet iguanas, um, do- dogs just seem to be that pet that's just always with their owners, and see a couple cats every once in a while, but... I've never seen a cat at a brewery. Well, not in the brewery itself, but just people walking like cats, cat. walking cats. Walking cats? Oh yeah, you can walk a cat on the leash, for sure. I don't think they like that. I don't know. Listeners, does anyone walk their cat on a leash? <laughs> Double hop beat. Let us know. Don't write in about brewing things. Just write in if you walk your cat on a leash. It'll be a pressing information that we need to know about. Well, I think they do. But uh, I think it also stems from the moonshine days, and dogs used to alert the moonshiners if, if the law was coming, and it would also keep them company late at night while if they the did their coming. moonshine. So it, it kind of might be rooted in that as well okay but it's all speculation there's really nothing out there that the first dog in a brewery was at this this point so if anyone does have any information let us know yeah well i guess you know you hang out at home with your dog you got your your best friend and your best drink 
they kind of go hand in hand. And I think dogs kind of have a trusting, you know, friendly face, and it really draws people in. I mean, just when you see a dog on the street, I'm always squealing in delight and trying to make eye contact with the dog. Um, and whenever I do, I actually text my sister-in-law to tell her that there's a dog, and it just looked at me, and now we're friends, and I want to pet it. So I think that that really, just that animal in general, has a really deep connection with a lot of people. Because a lot of people have dogs. Um, at one point in their life, they've owned a dog in a small place. So I think that really draw, draws people in and makes them want to buy your beer. And it's kind of one of those subliminal messaging things where you see a dog, you get excited, and you might want to buy that beer. Subliminal messaging. Yeah, dogs like dogs. They're awesome. could also be that with the outdoors, a lot of breweries are very tied closely with the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And I know for us, we love to hang outside and – most breweries have patios or some outdoor tap room areas. So it's really a good bonding experience for both us as well as with our, our pets to be able to enjoy a nice sunny day and also a nice IPA or sour beer. Very true. And there are some um, breweries that have dogs on their logos. A couple of them include the Salty Dog, Flying Dog, and you can say the other one because I can never pronounce it correctly. Lagunitas. Lagunitas. See, I did it. So the logos is a very interesting aspect to this because animals are very popular choices for logos, whether it's with the brewery name and they somehow tie in, whether it's a turtle, a, a fish, an owl, a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, animals seem to be the hot trend on brewery names. So it just shows the connection people really have with their pets, and it's not just a pet-human relationship. It's really, you know, family. People are getting houses for dogs or cats um, rather than going from apartments. So it's really just us as a millennial culture now that we're just groomed in a family to involve our pets. Very true. Uh, So involving your pets in beer can be tricky because – Alcohol, obviously, is not good for animals. It's poisonous. Um, As we mentioned before, hops are also poisonous to dogs. So um, you shouldn't be giving your your dog beer. You shouldn't be like my dad's friend when we were younger. He used to chew the whiskers off their dog and make him drink out of the beer bottle. So (laughs) that is the 1970s for you folks. Um, We are much nicer to our animals nowadays. Um, But there are some doggy breweries out there. Um, so opportunities for you to involve your dog in beer when you're having a cold one. They can also have a cold one. But when we talk about beer, it is not fermented alcohol Correct. beer. Yes. So when we doggy brews kind of evolved into this idea of an equivalent of beer without it having the alcohol. So f- in terms of dogs, it's more of um, using healthy ingredients such as unsalted peanuts and almonds using whole grains, oats, cinnamon with water. Um, and it's more of a chicken or pork base with vegetables. It's more of just a kind of liquid dog food that's yes. ha- supposed to be healthy. And it also can have um, like omega, omega fatty acids in it and things um, such as fish oil that can help them with their coat and their health in general and some vitamins. So it's really just, you know, if you want to give them a little treat that's not water, maybe you can give them some doggy beer um, and there's a couple of companies that make these brews so we've got good boy dog beer company out of houston 
made that same um, interesting I name. I love the name. Really These are great names. names. So the first one is Scratch Sniffin' Ale, Woo. which is made with unsalted peanuts and almonds, whole grain oats, cinnamon, and butter. Scratch Sniffin' Peanuts. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I don't think that's a coincidence. Or my favorite, the chicken-based one that they have is called the Mailman Malt Liquor. So that's pretty funny. Or the IP a lot in the yard. That that was <laughs> very cl- that's very clever. I honestly didn't get that one until you just read it out loud. I was like, I don't get why it's called IPA a lot. A lot. Or I- IPA a lot. And I think there are some um, human beers that have used that kind of pun as well. Um, so if you're in the Houston area, you could check them out. Um, some other areas, Montana has Happy Dog Beer Company. Um, there's also another company out in Colorado, Apollo Peak, and that's also more of wine for cats and dogs, and it also has these same healthy ingredients um, in non-alcoholic beverages, just to clarify. Yeah. I don't think, well, I'm glad that they're not alcoholic beverage beverages because I don't think that our dog could use any more, um, <laughs> anything else to make him crazy other than himself, so... And if you are in Colorado and you do want to check out Apollo Peak, they have their liquid catnip, which is called, so rightfully. Pinot Meow. Pinot Meow. Oh, sorry. I didn't do a sound effect. Meow. <laughs> For those who have cat cats who are listening, and you can definitely involve them. I hope cats well. listen to this. And definitely, I know there's a lot of home brewers out there that their cats are just wandering by as they brew and same with dog owners as well so let us see those pictures uh share one of your stories with us and you could do that at doublehopbeat at gmail.com or just dm us on our instagram or facebook page slide into our dms as the hip young people say (laughs) yeah for sure and if you've ever named any of your home brews after your pets feel free to send that in as well so pictures names of your homebrews that are after your pets, just pictures of your pets in general, because we like to see animals. So this kind of leads us to our next topic of should you bring your dog into a dog-friendly brewery? So this is a very important question because, one, the brewery might not allow dogs. So you definitely want to check on their website before you bring your dog um, just because it could be a traumatic experience for your dog or your pet. Um, so just make sure you check their website ahead of time. Um, and what do you think, Shannon, for people bringing their dogs to breweries? What should people consider? The first thing to consider is your dog's temperament. So what do you probably mean by temperament? Probably the biggest thing. So just how your your dog behaves in general. Is it a calm dog usually? Does it get very excited around people? Does it get very excited or aggressive around other dogs? Because most likely if it is a dog-friendly brewery, there's going to be more than one dog there, not just your dog. So just think about how your dog usually reacts in public. And if it's not usually, you know, calm and or able to greet people and not jump on them, things like that, you might not want to bring your dog to a brewery. But if it is a dog-friendly or a... People, I guess if your dog is people-friendly, um, then I think it's a great idea to bring your dog because, you know, you don't have to leave them at home, especially if you know you're going to be hanging out for a couple hours. We always hate to put our dogs in a crate when we have to go out. So I think if you want to bring your dog, if it's, you know, going to behave itself, definitely keep bring them and 
And Enjoy. something I want to bring up is you have to behave as well because yeah. you're setting your dog up for failure if you just expect a dog's going to sit there while you go off and go to the bar and order drinks and you just expect him to stay or her on a leash the whole time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not planning to pay attention to your dog, um, I don't think you should bring it at all, even if it's a well-mannered dog, because yeah. that's just not fair to the dog. I mean, honestly, bringing your dog to the brewery is like bringing a child. Because oh, absolutely. you can't just bring your kid and let it run around free and, you know, run into other people's tables or climb on things or, you know, potentially be lost. So you want to make sure you're paying attention to the dog, especially since there are children at brewery. So there's dogs, there's also children that people bring with them. And if your dog, you know, it's in a strange situation, if you've never brought it to a brewery before, it might be a little nervous. Um, So if you aren't paying attention to your dog and a stranger or a child walks up, it's going to, it might react differently than you would expect it to. You know, dogs, when they get nervous, tend to get a little bit aggressive. So if a child comes up and, you know, it's very innocently trying to pet your dog and your dog reacts because it's nervous, it could potentially harm the child and then that turns into a situation that nobody wants. So definitely make sure you're paying attention uh, to your surroundings as well. And if you've got your dog on a leash, let's say it's tied to the chair, tied to the table, you want to make sure if the dog gets up and starts to, you know, wander around that the leash isn't causing a tripping hazard uh, for other people at the brewery, you know, servers who are walking by filling their glasses or other patrons or, again, children who might accidentally clothesline themselves on your dog's leash. <laughs> so being very mindful is, is a big part of bringing your dog to the brewery. But I think it's, it's a good way to socialize your dog as well. It, it is, but I wouldn't recommend that's how you choose to socialize your dog. No. Um, recent news stories on how dogs and owners of breweries and how even if the regulations allow it, they aren't allowing dogs anymore because there has been instances, whether it's between dog to dog, or there's been recent um, instances at some breweries that were dog-friendly that are now not allowing dogs because they have had poor interactions with the brewery staff Mm -hmm. so brewery staff was bit in the face um, one instance Um, another instance the dog had knocked over glassware and um, another one the dog had licked the glassware that was then used at the bar so it's reusable so that's one of the health um, codes that if you have that leads us to our next thing is health codes and why some states or even within a town within a state chooses not to allow dogs um so do you want to talk about what are some of the conditions why you wouldn't allow dogs in breweries and regulations so i kind of think of a brewery as almost like a restaurant right because there's something that people are consuming into their bodies so there's different regulations and health codes that go along with that so the health department has state regulations where they monitor which establishments can have dogs. So there's different uh, limitations, such as if food is served. So if food is served, that could be a health um, risk if you've got animals that carry different bacteria and diseases, even though you might not know it, that your dog has, you know, they've got different bacteria living in their mouths than we do. Um, So you don't want to go about spreading that. So sometimes they don't allow dogs to do that. Yeah, you definitely definitely wouldn't want to drink out of a, a glass that a dog's just licked all around the rim. You want that salt rim? No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not beer. You wouldn't want salt on your rim yeah, on your beer anyway. Yeah. 
can cook food and it's a nice idea I think. So is food served? Is there a kitchen? Is the glassware reusable or is it single use? Mm -hmm. So some breweries are starting to use single use um, during the times of year where they do allow dogs. So also if there's a patio, outdoor patio area, a lot of owners are choosing to only designate the patio areas as dog friendly. Which would make sense. I mean, which I think is a great idea. You don't go to a restaurant and bring your dog inside the restaurant. You do see dogs at restaurants that are on patios though. So I think that it, like I said, to me, a brewery sometimes is like a restaurant. Um, I mean, I love to see dogs at breweries. I get very excited when I see the dogs, and I just don't want to go touch them. But it really is like an interesting debate because as dog lovers, we'd love to bring our Australian Shepherd Strider, but we know he'd be overstimulated yeah. by all the people and all the other dogs. That even though he's a really nice, friendly dog, it wouldn't be an environment we'd want to put him in. Yeah. And it would also make it harder for the brewery staff to really do their job well. Yeah, he gets really excited. He wants to play with everyone. He wants to be your friend. He wants to lick children's faces until they love him. Um, it would just kissing babies and shaking, shaking yeah, paws. He's just a politician, politician of, of, of Strider, Strider for president, twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, I probably would never bring him to a brewery unless I could guarantee there was no other dogs there. Because those people, if there's a lot of people around, he does tend to, you know, calm down a little bit because there's too many people that he doesn't know where to go. Um, it tires him out a little bit. But if there's other dogs there, it, it would just be inconvenience for us as well. It'd be stressful for him, but then we have to constantly be, you know, holding on to him really tight, trying to distract him, make him sit. And then if we're hanging out with friends and trying to have a conversation, it's almost like, why are we here because all we're doing is having to pay attention to our dog and he's not behaving as well as he would like. So I'd, I personally wouldn't bring our dog to a brewery just because I don't think it would be the best situation for him or for us. And as brewery customers also, don't get mad at the owners for not allowing dogs. It's at their the discretion. Owners of the brewery, not the owners of the dog. Owner, yeah, owners of, of the brewery um, because it really is their responsibility to make sure everyone is having a good time and everyone's safe mm-hmm. while they're at the brewery. So even though the regulations might allow dogs in their establishment, it is their choice, and then there's also good reasons for that. So just keep that in mind next time you go to a, a brewery, not to get all up appalled at the brewery staff for not allowing dogs. They understand. We get it. Dogs are great. We want them there, but you know there's certain conditions and environments that aren't right. So that's at their discretion. Correct. And if you bring your dog and it's not comfortable, it could growl, which Arr. is a pun for our next segment about the origin growler. tales of Growler. That Get sounds it? like an tales tale. Oh, <laughs> I only got the growler, the growl pun, not the tale. I'm really bad at my puns today. Usually, I love puns. Well, why don't you go into a little bit of the tale origin story since you're the history buff out of the two of us um go ahead okay so growlers from the late 1800s early 1900s beer was carried from the pub or saloon saloon Saloon. because of the wow wow west swim west west to wow west and what and (laughs) and what do you think they carried that beer in was it was it just like well, I'm going to tell you oh. that they were using a tin pail, which sounds to me like a tin pail. Well, like tin so a bucket. Well, yeah, but tin 
Okay, a bucket, I'm thinking that they're bringing, like, water to a horse. Like, I feel the beer would taste weird if it was in a tin bucket. I mean, I guess it would depend how far away you lived, but if you're sending someone to get beer out of a bucket, I think it'd be pretty close. Send your kid to get water from the well, and they come back with a bucket full of beer. That's so weird. <laughs> I guess uh, they didn't have to ask for an ID back then for uh, ch- children just yeah. walking up with pails of buckets going, please, sir, can I have another drink? Yeah. Cause adults like Oliver Twist is the first one in line saying, can I have some more? Because adults would actually send their children and pay them to refill their pail at the pub or saloon and bring it back to their house. Um, so Rush the Growler or the Bucket Boy slash Girl. So instead of Bald Boys, I guess they had Bucket Boys. Yeah, that would have been a great job for me. They should have those at, like, stadiums. Yeah, I'm pretty children. sure the, the laws would not allow that because then you'd have drunk kids running around the stadium. You just get Bucket Boys at football games. The bucket, the bucket boy, bucket mascot. I don't think that the child labor laws allow for that. Um, and then for more money, the kids would carry multiple pails on a stick slash pole. Kind of like a Huckleberry Finn style. I think thing. the most I saw of pictures when uh, I was looking into this was one kid had eight on eight. his pole. I wonder if they had competitions of how many buckets of beer you could hold on a pole. I wonder. That would be. We should start doing that. We should, s- we should try it. We should have beer Olympics in our backyard and have it just be carrying buckets of beer on your pole. And the neighbors would be like, what the heck is going on <laughs> with these people? <laughs> they probably already think about that. Okay, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so the original uh, tale, or one common tale of why growlers are called growlers is that it's based on the sound made from the CO2 escaping the pail lid when the beer moves around inside. I could see that. Another pot potential is that it was started based on between the interactions of a bartender and also the consumer on how full they would have to fill the bucket, and that led to some growling. Murr. <laughs> that was murr. That was not a growl. <laughs> I was attempting to growl. It didn't really come out. Your growl came out murr. <laughs> how, I don't how do you growl? I don't I feel like I would just roll my R's like (laughs) (laughs) Cardi B B growl no I'm sorry to all you Cardi B fans but I am not one of you (laughs) so if you weren't filling up your their beer enough they'd be like (laughs) (laughs) that's that's better that's an improvement (laughs) Uh, so what are growlers today James so the actual term of growler today is it's either a glass or stainless container used to transport the draft beer from the brewery or pub um, to your home. Um, and this usually, people I get this question every day um, when I'm filling um, our version of the growler, which we'll get to in a minute, a squealer. A squealer um, is how long the beer will keep in that container. Um, so for growlers, unopened, they can stay carbonated anywhere from three to five days is what we'd recommend. Um, anything longer than that, um, it's really at your discretion. But the longer you wait, the quality of the beer and the carbonation will go down. And then, uh, of course, as soon as you pop open, it's usually a twist cap. That's mm-hmm. how we put it on. Um, as soon as you pop that open, you pretty much have to drink it then and there, if not overnight the next day um 
So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, it's a common question. And how much beer do you think fits into a growler, ounces-wise? Oh, ounces, I can't do math. <laughs> so you're, you're s- uh, let's your say standard pint, say 12 or 16 ounces. So how many pints do you think you'd get? Yeah, you could probably get two Ooh. and a half. So anywhere from, so it's actually 32, they have 32-ounce growlers, and they also have the larger 64-ounce growlers. Um, so you can get anywhere from two to four and a half, depending on the size growler. And usually at a brewery, you can buy a growler, and then it's like a deposit fee or something, right? And then if you bring it back, you can refill it, but it's a discounted price than the first time you filled it. Yeah, so usually there's a deposit fee for the actual growler and then it's considered yours and depending on the brewery some have their brand um, actually printed on the growler which has led to another debate on whether you should be able to bring a growler into any other brewery if it has another brewery's logo on it and get that filled what do you think shan has another brewery's logo on it why would you want to put your beer inside of it don't you want to represent your beer and what if they're walking down the street and people think they've got you know joe schmo's beer but they really have got jane schmo's beer so that's a great point so there's really two sides to this and from the consumer standpoint people don't care what logo generally is on the growler they just want their good their beer so to them, they don't care whether it's, you know, Stardust's Brewing's logo on there or Strider's logo on there. Um, they just want to drink the beer and have a container to actually fill up draft beer. Alternatively, so a brewery works so hard on branding to make their beer their own, the creative process behind the beer, they don't want to have another brewery's logo on there because say you bring that to a party or you're with your friends and everyone's trying that beer and they love the beer they ask you oh where'd you get that beer if you don't remember where you got it they could say oh you know i got it at this brewery which that's not their beer Mm -hmm. so then you're going to send other people to that brewery to have a beer that they've never actually had correct and on top of that, it's more of you remember the image, right? So if you're at a party and someone mentions whatever the brewery name, you're not going to remember that. You're going to remember whatever the logo is that you saw on the growler. So there's really two sides to this, and state laws will also vary. Mm-hmm. So for Massachusetts, you can't fill breweries can't legally fill an a growler with another brewery's logo on it. It so has, has to, to be, be a plain, plain, a plain. So you can bring in a s- 32 or 64 ounce plain glass um, growler, and you can get it filled anywhere within Massachusetts. I know New Hampshire, I think, is the same. In Maine, Maine, I think, in Vermont, do allow to have the logo on it. Interesting. As far as what customers have told me at the brewery and how they're they dislike how Massachusetts does not do it, but you know I get it. But again, it's there's two sides to it, so just just get pay the two dollar deposit or whatever it is for the get a new growler. Half the time when people bring growlers back, they don't know how to clean them, so they're disgusting. So you just want a fresh one anyway, or you forget it at home. 
Okay. Yeah. There's also a few other sizes of take-home beer methods. One's a squealer. So a squealer is what our brewery does, and it's a glass container, um, and it's 32 ounces. So the best thing about a 32-ounce container is you can get multiple squealers of different things if you want to try different brews, and you don't have to feel obligated that you have to finish it all mm-hmm. in one night. There's less volume, so naturally the chances that you'd be able to share it with somebody or have a pint each and finish it, it's fresh, it's quality. 64 ounces, it's one, a lot of beer to be trying something new. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend if you're going to fill growlers or squealers or other form of container that we're going to talk about in a minute, to definitely sit at the brewery, have a taster, try it before you fill it. Try it before you buy it. Try it before you fill it, before you buy it. <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> south. I don't know why. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. So our last uh, form of container is a crowler. So the crowler, the difference is it's a 32-ounce aluminum can that's purged with CO2 to deplete the oxygen in the can. It's sanitized and filled, and a machine actually seals the can with the lid. So this is a one-time use. So you can't get a crowler, go back to the brewery with your empty can, and say, oh, here, I want to refill. So that's the downfall with that is it's a one-time use. However, it keeps carbonated just like a can would a little bit longer from weeks potentially a month Um, also depends on your personal preference and the quality of beer that you want to have but it really is the best storage vessel for keeping beer fresh out of those options however it is also the most expensive for the brewery and also the consumer good to know Um, that was a lot of information yeah i'm exhausted okay well that's I guess <laughs> I, I guess that's it, listeners. Uh, if you're ca- carpooling right now, or y- you can just change the station right now. In case anyone's still listening. <laughs> Bueller. Okay. Well, thank you, Dean. Uh, so we do have a. Let's get the dog story. Yeah, I, I guess a dog fail. A dog maybe. patron fail. Yeah, I wonder if like these dogs had um. A rough tail or something. They had a rough. Day. They had a rough day. Rough time. Maybe they had some of that doggy beer they were all <laughs> juiced up on that veggie <laughs> chicken peanut ip a lot in yeah, the yard <laughs> what happened with these dogs dean so this was at a brewery hog island brewing on cape cod massachusetts and this was a nice summer day that we were there and there was a lot of dogs that day which was great was but it was ca- it was also chaos there was a golden retriever that looked like it was sent from her heavens. It was so cute. Although James said that golden retrievers are ugly when they're old. So you can all hate on him for saying that. You are a monster. And what I meant by that, it's so sad when they get old because it's just. You said they looked ugly. Yeah, well, it's sad. It gets sad. It's relatable. Anyways. Way to, br- way to bring the show down. Wow, depressing. You're the monster. <laughs> You're th- you're hashtag you're the monster. <laughs> uh, so there was two pugs, two little pugs, and the owners were at a big picnic table. So this was outside, so like a patio area. Um, nice summer day, and they had cornhole out outside. A couple other games, giant. I think it was giant Jenga, or was it checkers uh, it or was chess? Connect four. Oh, it was Connect Four. Okay. 
So Johnny Connect 4, and the owners just were not paying attention to the dogs. Well, they had him on leashes. Owners of the dogs. Not owners the of the dogs, owners. exactly. Uh, they had him on leashes, which is awesome, except when you don't attach the leash to your hand, what do you think happens to the dog? It's going to roam around. Mm-hmm. So both pugs, they were really tiny. They started to have a little pug fight. And when I mean pug fight is one put its legs on the other one's back. The other one, they were kind of wrestling. It was kind of cute for a second. And then they started spinning around the table and tangled this little girl who was probably like five years old, totally wrapped her up like a mummy with all with all the leashes. And everyone was concerned except the owner of the dog. Everyone was going, uh, whose dog is this? Whose dog yeah. is this? And finally, the owner of the dog ran over and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Ha, ha, ha. And luckily, no one got hurt. But um, on a scale of one to getting tangled up by a pug, how drunk was that person? The owner? The o- <laughs> the th- I think the owner was pr- probably pretty cocked. Uh, I think. Maybe. Fuck it. Well, one more story for you. So, uh, connect talking about dog connections and beer. So, as I mentioned, Strider is a big, big influence in our life. Mm-hmm. And so, I brewed a beer. It was a summer ale. Um, for was it last year? No, it was a couple years. A couple years back. Three years ago. Your sense of time is well. Horrible. You know what? Um, so there, I would just say that I made a beer called Strider's Summer Ale. Hair of the dog. And found a picture of him and used that as my logo or my image for the beer. Yeah, so the place we went to, you get to brew the beer there. You get to pick different styles, and then you make it in their facility. And then they take care of, you know, storing it while it ferments and everything. And then you can actually customize the label. So you send them a design for the label, and they'll print it for you. And then when you go, you actually bottle yourself, and then you get to put the labels on. And we did picture Strider and called it Hair of the Dog. Although I had to explain to James what hair of the dog meant because he did not know when I first presented the idea. Well, clearly I was a responsible, you know. Because you've never been hungover in your whole life. Well, you know what? Let's just uh, hashtag you're the monster. Um, We'll just end (laughs) on that note. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining our discussion today on dog growlers and dogs in breweries. Um, A little bit of call to action. So if you want to, you can visit our website at double, I always do this double, 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 hoppy, double, I wonder how many messages we're getting to double, double, hoppy. <laughs> Maybe know, we should uh, put that in there. Let me start over. www.hopbeatpodcast.com or you can direct message us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you turn on your iTunes, make sure you rate and review and subscribe. Uh, and then also we'd love to hear your experiences in home brewing, maybe a funny encounter you had at a brewery. Feel free to share, email us at doublehotbeat at gmail.com and we will read your stories on air. So you could make sure to tune in to hear those. So feel free to email us stories, pictures, experiences, um, maybe a funny homebrew experience that you had, anything like that. And we want your dog stories, your brewery stories, your homebrew stories. And in with your dog stories. two weeks, we're going to explore creativity and craft beer. We're going to have a great show for you coming up in two weeks. Yeah, so make sure to stay tuned and check that out. So thank you all for joining us. This has been Double, Double Hot Beat. Hot Beat.